everyone and welcome back to the Live With Grace podcast. I'm Grace Byer and I'm your host and today we are welcoming on a very special guest, Haley Provencil, uh, my roommate and a former D2 softball player as you see by her sweatshirt. She reps it every day and today we're going to be talking about the mental toll of college athletics I think I'm titling this episode Facing It and Embracing It. So kind of shedding light on some of the mental challenges that athletes face and then also talking about how we've learned to deal deal with it, deal with the different problems in the past and how we've learned to embrace those challenges. And yeah, just any of the unforeseen challenges that affect college athletes every day some of the experience that Haley has endured in her past with softball and just different sports, and then just learning how to apply those things to our own lives. So Haley, would you mind telling us a bit more about yourself and your background? Yeah, so um, hi guys, as she already says, I'm Haley Pencil. Um, I'm currently a sophomore at Valdosta State, along with Grace, but instead of basketball, I actually played softball here um, my first year. And um, unfortunately, it didn't work out. I'm no longer playing softball, and that's what we'll talk about today. But a bit about me and, like, my past. Um, growing up, I've always played sports. Um, I've grown up in, like, a family with four older brothers, and my dad and my mom has always pushed me um, in sports and athletics and also in academics, but sports was just always a big thing in my family. And so I've always played uh, softball and um basketball and I've uh I tried doing some other sports but the ones that stuck were um softball and basketball and then eventually when I got to college and I got a scholarship it was softball and so I figured out that was the one I was better at and that was the one um I was going to strive to be the best at but um yeah that's just a little bit Mm -hmm. I actually met Haley from basketball because we played on opposing teams yeah. For a while, she mm-hmm. played at Bartram Trail for anyone that's from Jacksonville. And so throughout high school, I always played Haley's team. We had a lot of mutual friends. And I also just kind of knew Haley, but didn't really know her that well until mm-hmm. we decided to be roommates this year. Even when we moved in, we didn't really know each other that well. But yeah, that's basically some background on Haley. So the first topic that we're going to talk about is kind of what we already previewed a little bit, which is just mental battles with sports that people face, that we've faced, that Haley's faced, and trying to keep our faith and, you know, keep your head above water while you're going through those things. So although this kind of feels somewhat cliche to talk about because, you know, now the whole trend is talking about mental health for athletes, but it's a really important thing to talk about and to shed light on because there is such a stigma around it still, even though it's kind of gone down a bit since how it used to be, it's definitely still there. Do you Mm -hmm. agree? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess we can just start with Haley. um, If you want to share any of your personal experiences of kind of what you went through going through high school and college sports and just in general how that affected your mental health and yeah your quality of life in general all right so yeah um yeah I'll start with high school because um high school is really when it like hit me hard um especially like the mental battles and stuff um 
especially during when uh, COVID and like 2020 mm-hmm. in that year, but um, even before then, um, going into high school, um, automatically I was already going for both basketball and softball, mm-hmm. making those teams and stuff, and everything was going well and stuff. And then as we progressed through the years and stuff, and I started looking more to going to college for softball, mm-hmm. that's when things I feel like got so much more intense as to where everyone's opinions about you and like um, what everyone was pushing you to do um, started weighing heavy and affecting me. And so like for me, I started to struggle bad with anxiety for a while. My parents always uh, drove me to be the best, which any parent would. Um, But sooner or later, when I could not meet those ideals of not just from my parents, but like from coaches, from other um, teammates and stuff, even too sometimes, they would expect you to be perfect sometimes. Although they knew you couldn't and you knew you couldn't, but like even deep down in yourself, you would want to strive to be perfect. And so um, when people would push you to those limits and like you would try to be perfect, but like you couldn't get there, you, um, it would take a huge mental toll and there'd be times where like I would literally doubt whether I wanted to do this anymore mm-hmm. which deep down in my heart like I knew I wanted to play because I fell in love with that game like when I was really little like mm-hmm. I fell in love with softball and I was like yeah this is something I want to do it's something I enjoy doing but when like people's just opinions got to me and I know a lot of people out there are like you just have to have tough skin you just can't let it get to you mm-hmm. like no like that like words hurt dude like yeah, yeah like they sure. do um and like I said like you people like want you to be great and people um want you to like go with you to practice and like put in hours with you to be great and everything but sometimes they like I said they just expect you to be perfect and Mm -hmm. so when you mess up on one little thing um you you think like you're a failure and like it gets to you and um and so that was one of the huge things that like took a toll on me and um it became mentally exhausting Mm -hmm. and sooner or later I actually it became so mentally exhausting that it was affecting me physically Mm -hmm. and um I won't get like too deep into that but uh I had to make a choice for myself um to step back and mm-hmm. take care of myself and stuff and so that's ultimately what I had to do and what I did yeah and that's hard mm-hmm. so do you think that most of the anxiety and perfectionism that you experienced was because of other people yeah 100% like and even even me like I wanted to be good like I, I would strive to be perfect right. but I feel like that it was so engraved in me to try to be perfect and like I felt like I, although like I said, like no one expected, like no one knew, no one, everyone knew you could not be perfect. Right. But like it was so engraved to me to be like you have to do this, you have to do this, like do this so you cannot get it wrong. But and then so I would do that, like I would practice a whole bunch and like, like 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 any athlete would to try to be the best. But then like when it came to games or practices, and then you do that one thing wrong and your coach is over here like yelling at you and all this and that um like 
not just like little yelling, but like getting at you and stuff. Um, it it's just tough. yeah, it's tough. It's a it's it's a lot. Um, and like even though they see you putting in that work and stuff, it's like it's like it's not enough. Mm-hmm. It's like no, you should not get that wrong, no matter what. Mm-hmm. And I think that that whole culture is kind of not only in the sports community and sports spaces and uh, within the parents of athletes and the coaches and this and that, but I kind of just think it's something that people do in life. You're going to do this until you don't get it wrong. You're not going to practice. Like, practice makes perfect. That's, like, a, something that we hear from the time that we're young. Mm-hmm. And so I would say that I can relate on a lot of the things that you said about anxiety and perfectionism and just caring too much about what people think like I in the past I've somewhat found myself being ner- more nervous if I see somebody specific is watching a certain coach is watching it's a certain um person or I need to perform or this or that and then that causes me to feel like I need to be perfect or be held up on a mistake I made because mm-hmm. to me when I made a mistake, if I didn't let go, if I let go of it, then it meant that I was okay with making a mistake. Yeah. That's how I always internalized it, mm-hmm. even though it sounds stupid because the only way that you can ever perform well is to move on from mistakes quickly. Mm-hmm. It felt like um, it comes from a good place. It comes from, even from your parents and coaches, it comes from a place of, I'm going to push this person to be the best person that they can be as an athlete and as a person. And so even though they're doing it okay, I know that they have it more. I know that they have more in them. I see the potential. I want to keep pushing. And that's kind of, I would say that I have people in my life that do push me like that. But mm-hmm. I would say the majority of my anxiety and perfectionism is internal. And I guess there's an argument to be made that it started off by the culture that you're raised in. It started mm-hmm. off by watching other people and how they respond to their mistakes. It started off by people telling you practice makes perfect. And so if I, I used to have this, this is kind of funny, but I used to have this routine. I still do it sometimes. After a workout, I'll always make four perfect layups, not touching anything, not mm-hmm. touching room at all. And then two perfect free throws and then one perfect three. And so with workouts with John, we have the same trainer. I don't know if he's listening. <laughs> but I would wait after our workouts. I would keep doing that routine until I got it perfect. And at a certain point in the game, you're not going to be able to get that rep back. So at a certain point, and I learned that when I got to college because we would have workouts. And you have to leave right now and go to weights or you're going to be late for weights. And I would miss my last shot. And my coach would be... Grace, put put the ball up, we gotta go. And it bothered me. And so that's kind of how I've learned that I still I still try to end on make. Don't get me wrong. But I'm much more okay with not being perfect and just for striving just striving for progress rather than perfection. Mm-hmm. And so do you think that those mental things that you were dealing with in softball also affected you when you went out in your the classroom or in social environments as well oh my god yes yes like it's different for everybody yeah like no nobody's like I'm, I'm gonna come on here and say all these things and some people might be like oh yeah I relate to that mm-hmm. and then some people be like oh heck no like I love my sport and this and that like yes we all have different experiences mm-hmm. 
like no doubt about it. But for me personally, yes, the anxiety took a huge toll on me. Mm -hmm. And so it went from, I have to be perfect at practice to I have to be perfect in the classroom to I have to be perfect at home. Mm -hmm. like, like, like I said before, I'm an only girl with four brothers. Mm -hmm. And so um, in my own life, I just, um, I've always strived to make my parents proud like any mm -hmm. kid would do. But I feel like it was more so because I was the only girl and I was the youngest, like I had something to prove. Right. Um, and so it, it followed me and I just had it so bad to where like if I got anything wrong or if I messed up in the slightest, like the slightest grace, I, I would have an anxiety attack. Yeah. To where that's where I was saying like it would affect my body. Mm -hmm. Like when I had anxiety attacks, like I, I would be probably anywhere from profusely crying to not eating mm -hmm. to not working out anymore or anything like that so while it's just a mental battle like it started to affect me physically to where like if I didn't do those physical things like I wasn't going to be able to perform where I needed to on the field mm -hmm. and so um yeah and like even in the classroom like um sometimes when my anxiety got real bad there would be times where I would stay up all night studying because I was like, okay, I need to get a hundred on this test or like it just an A like, would satisfy me at this point. Um, and so I'd be like staying up all night and I would be lacking on sleep, um, which would then in turn affect me how I was the next morning when going to try and take that test mm -hmm. or going to practice right after that test. Like um, it, 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 it does affect you in more areas than one for sure um and i would try not to let it because um there's always like there's always the people that say oh it's just in your head like right it'll be fine and and i thought that like i thought it was me for the longest time i was like okay Haley, you're taking everything to heart like stop you're fine you're being too sensitive like i would essentially listen to the world like mm -hmm. i would listen to other people and i was like okay you're being too sensitive like come on like suck it up you'll be all right um but then the more it kept going on, the more I took people's words to my heart, the more I took um, what essentially, yeah, like I said, just like what other people thought about me. Um, because I'm the type that value, I know you shouldn't, but I, I, I do value other people's opinions, um, especially like if it's my coach, like, because they know what they're doing. Like, mm -hmm. I want I want to be better and I want to listen to them. And so whatever they have to say, like, I want to put it out and I, um, do it the right way and hopefully uh, make them proud but like um, sometimes like them things just get to you and it affects you a lot especially because they don't be saying it once they be saying it like a whole lot mm -hmm. until they can't say it no more and, and then that's when you should be real worried is when they stop talking to you when they right. stop coaching you mm -hmm. and so yeah just those things got to me and it definitely affects more areas, like I said, so yeah. Yeah, I'd say that one thing that I've matured and grown to learn is differentiating, okay, I have this internal drive that I wanna be really good and I wanna be great at something. If it's a sport, if it's this podcast, if it's school, whatever. And that drives me to wanna put extra hours in. That drives me to, I was just, I just had a conversation yesterday. This is, we just finished our season 
And I feel this internal guilt for letting my body rest because it's just not ingrained in you to take that much time to rest, but it's a long season that you need to recover for. So, but that comes from an internal want and uh, passion for the game and I want to get better. And there's, but it's different coming from a, that place, coming from a place of drive, motivation, but love for yourself at the same time. And you're, you still are able to be proud of yourself. You're still able to be confident. You're still able to trust yourself. And because, because you love yourself that much, you want to prepare. And then there's the flip side that's coming from a place of hatred for yourself. And it's like complete opposites. Like it's no gray area. It's you hate yourself. You just feel like you always are having to do things to be up to par. You are trying to catch up. You feel like if you don't do the work, then you'll never be good enough. It's not that the work is putting you up anymore because you love yourself that much. I'm not doing this work because I want to be the best. I'm doing this work just so I'm good enough. And if I don't, if I, if I accidentally can't make it to the gym one day, then I feel like I'm not going to have a good practice the next day. Then that's not coming from a good place because this is the extra stuff that you're doing to get better, but you're not being so hard on yourself. I guess on the flip side, you know, and that's kind of like a big different, different, I don't know what word to use for that, but <laughs> I've been struggling with my words the last few days, but um, I guess it's a big difference between those two different mindsets and it's easy to fall into the trap of negative self-talk as again, that sounds very cliche, but I talked about this in one of my very early podcasts, how building up my positive self-talk intentionally when I'm shooting the basketball, when I'm out of workout, this or that, talking nicely to myself, which was foreign before last summer. And I still fall into the trap of negative self-talk. It's still something I'm growing and learning, but it's a huge difference maker when you start to talk positively to yourself. Because if you're not, then when you hear other people talking negatively to you, it's only going to get worse and worse and worse. It's piling on top of what you're already dealing with internally. Yeah, exactly. So with all that said, with the pressure of other people's opinions and the anxiety and the pressure to feel like you need to be perfect and the balancing act of trying to manage everything else in your life and dealing with these mental battles and physical battles as well because softball and sports in general are physically taxing too and then if you're having anxiety attacks that are you know like making you lose control of your body and crying takes something out of you oh it does (laughs) i'm not gonna get into that but with all that said what would you say is your best advice for people that want to hold themselves to this high standard in their sport while also still trying to find the time to take care of themselves mentally and stay even keeled well one is actually what you hit on a little bit earlier is the positive self-talk because mm-hmm. I would I would fall I would after so much of hearing what other people thought of me it was almost like I believed it mm-hmm. which I should have never done that because then that's what got me mm-hmm. is the negative self-talk started to begin and um I mean it is very true like what you think is very powerful about yourself 
And so um, that ended up getting me. Um, so I would say, I would say one thing is to definitely, like even no matter what people say about you is know who you truly are and, and just stick with it and just say positive things about yourself because whether you like it or not, you're all, you're all you have. Like right. you are in your own body. It's not like I can jump to you and you can jump to me. Mm-hmm. No, you are all you got. And um, just just be kind to yourself. Even if you're having a bad day, like we all have bad days. It's sports. You ain't mm-hmm. going to be perfect. Although we strive to be and although everyone thinks you need to be, you're not. Mm-hmm. You are not. Um, so even if you're having a bad day, just try and remember that it's one bad day. It'll it'll pass over mm-hmm. and move on. Um, and just, uh, just try and talk positively about yourself. And even though it may be hard because um, going back to like that negative side of it, um, when, when you do feel bad um, or you do mess up, sometimes there's some people, and I, I also uh, fell into this a little bit too, is like you don't want to take care of yourself because you're, you feel like a failure. You feel like you don't deserve to take care mm-hmm. of yourself because you couldn't do this one thing right. Although you've been practicing this one thing for the last 12, 15 years of your life, and you can keep messing up so like why do I deserve to eat why do I deserve to do this or that um which that is not the way to go at all like like I said yes you messed up but you, you will be fine everyone and their mama messes up mm-hmm. like everyone um, and their mama everybody and their mama yes ma'am. <laughs> um so you just have to essentially you have to get over it and what helped me a lot too even though um I did end up, uh, like I said, not continuing to play anymore because I really needed to focus on self-care mm-hmm. um, for myself. Um, what helped me a lot was, if you're spiritual out there, um, talking to God too. Mm-hmm. And like, just, because he, 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 Jesus was the only one true, one true perfect person. And he loves you no matter what. And like, when I fell into times where like, I felt like I was not good enough, um, whether it be in sports, academics, in my own family, um, I would run to him. Mm-hmm. And he takes you no matter what. He loves you no matter what. And that was one thing where I was like, I knew I would have forever. It's like a constant in your yes. life. Yeah. And um, so it, it helped me out a lot. Um, and just talking to him and asking, like, what the next plan sh- for me should be. And... Um, he answered, and so since then, um, just been trying to recover mm-hmm. and everything. So th- that's just some things. There's obviously more, but yeah. that's what helped me out a lot. Mm-hmm. And I'd agree with the whole thing that you started with about your self-talk. Mm-hmm. I was reading one of my uh, Law of Attraction books yesterday. <laughs> I've been a nerd lately. I got a Kindle for Christmas. <laughs> but anyways, it was talking about your beliefs and basically whatever you feed is what grows and whatever you give power to and that's something that we all know and a quote that I've heard for years now is where your focus goes shoot energy flows yeah yeah but, Ooh, rhymes too. yeah <laughs> but I would say that in my experience there's even been times like what made me think of this is when you were talking about you've been practicing something for years on years on years and then now you're still questioning if you can do it or not and it might be something so simple in the sport 
because I've faced uh, certain times where I'm questioning myself and I'm like, this isn't me, but certain people, certain voices will be like, oh, Grace, make sure you do, make sure you focus on this. And then all of a sudden I'm hyper fixated on, oh my gosh, I can't miss. Mm -hmm. I need to finish this shot. I need to make this shot. I can't this or that. And then you get tight in your body and then you're thinking so much about it. And then you're going to sleep at night thinking about a shot that you've made for years in your life and practiced for hours on hours on hours. But I would agree as well with the coping mechanism of still deciding to take care of yourself. No matter what happens in my sport, my identity is not my sport. And, you know, taking what happened for what it was. Another thing the book talked about was you're something is only positive or negative if you tie that thing, if you tie that connotation to it. So something is just itself until you say, oh, that's bad or, oh, that's good. So kind of just taking things for what they are and then leaning on God as well. My faith is a huge thing. And for me, I would say probably more than Haley. I like to write a lot too and journal, but everyone has their own ways of coping with things. So that I would agree with everything that you said. And I like what you said too. Your sport is not your identity. Right. That's huge. That That's a lot. Of, that's a big thing that I feel like a lot of athletes take on. Because um, it's literally, you have, you don't really have time for anything else. Mm-hmm. So you, like your sport essentially does become your identity to most, most athletes. And um, it's, it's not though. That's, it's, it's a big part of your life, but it's not your identity. And until you have certain other things that you do, like hobbies or Mm -hmm. other things that you can feel proud of yourself for, which a lot of athletes, like you said, don't have the time to do that while they're in college. Mm -hmm. Most people I know that do have a side hobby, it's only like one and they might really not be that into it. Or it might be something like video games or something that isn't really something that you're chasing after, that you're constantly working toward. But, um, yeah. I forgot where I was initially going with that point. <laughs> but, Sorry, we all have them days. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I go on a tangent and then I forget where I was starting. But yeah, basically just saying I am an athlete, but I'm also a person and I'm a person first. I'm a, I like to like say I'm a daughter first, or I'm a sister first, I'm a friend first, that type of thing before I'm an athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. It's cool to have your identity as an athlete for mm-hmm. sometimes, but then mm-hmm. if things aren't going well, it definitely can be depressing. Yes. Mm-hmm. So sure. the last thing we're going to talk about in this episode is kind of how you dealt with losing that love for the game and kind of where you're at now and um, what you kind of what your advice would be to other athletes who might be like okay, I think I need to take a step back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I, as much as I hate saying it, because it's so hard to say that you lost the love for something after playing it for so long. Like, I only played softball for literally all my life mm-hmm. until, what, last year, two years ago? Um, so, probably around this time last year. Yeah, so, um, I would, I would say, I would say I did lose the love for it. I don't think I lost all of it because um, 
I like I have nieces and nephews too, and they're in t-ball mm-hmm. or something like that. And I'm like, and I get so excited because I'm like, wow, like I remember when I was that young, mm-hmm. and like that's when I fell in love with the game. And mm-hmm. I was like, wow, like, like, but then like it hits me, and I'm like, Lord, I don't, I hope they don't go through what I went through as they get older, get older, and as they choose the sport that they love. Like I hope. They are able to take care of themselves, and I hope they're able to um, stay in love with the game and um, don't let the hard times get to them like they got to me and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, and probably it's good that you're there now mm-hmm. as a resource for them. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. Yeah. You probably won't let it get to that point for yeah, them no. because you'll always be there for them mm-hmm. to talk to. So Exactly. That's yeah. a good thing to think and, about. And they're young now. Like, I can't really be giving them, like, knowledgeable advice because they'll just be like okay hey hey and then go on the field and be like all right <laughs> but um i'm like yeah but um but when they get older i i'll always make it known that this is what i went through and you're a, you can talk to me anytime you want and i will help you um but i also want them to know like we're all different we're not all gonna have the same experience mm-hmm. and i and i will pray for them and wish for them that they have the best experience possible because um, I love them and I just want that for them I want that for anybody like yeah. I don't want anybody to go through what I went through um, and like how I went through it just like the whole mental aspect um, but like moving on from it, it it's hard because like I said like yes when I when I quit it was like a uh or when I, I hate say, I hate saying quit, although I, I essentially did, but like I'll say when I stepped back, um, it was like a relief almost mm-hmm. because my body really needed it, my mental state really needed it, um, and when I did like I I it was it was hard at first because I wasn't sure. It, it, it almost goes back to the identity thing. I wasn't sure what I'd do next. Like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I only have to work on school now? Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, whoop, I got so much free time. I don't know what to do by myself. And so, um, yeah, it was it was hard figuring out, like, like what my purpose was, essentially, then. Yeah. Like, okay, now I just do school? Like, whoa, this is new. Mm-hmm. It goes back yeah. to the identity thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I've... Since, since stepping back, I've had ups and downs, um, especially, like, with taking care of my body, too, because, like, in sports, you practice every day, you lift every day, you condition every day, so you're in good shape, um, and so stepping back, um, I, I struggled a lot with uh, weight and food and um, working out and, like, having the motivation or the just the like sense to go and work out because mm-hmm. sometimes it's hard it's like well I don't, I don't really like yes I want to do it to take care of myself and to be healthy but mm-hmm. at the same time it's hard because it's like I'm not really working towards anything anymore except for being healthy yeah um which which for some people that's all that matters just being healthy and yes I do want to be healthy but at the same time um back a while ago like at first, it was hard realizing, like, it's okay just to work towards being healthy. Like, you yeah. don't have to work towards a goal all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, just do it because you love yourself. Like, it's not that hard. 
Um, but it's hard for people that are always saying, oh, I'm going to work out so for basketball. Mm-hmm. I'm eating this food so that I'll perform better. Mm-hmm. I'm working out. I'm lifting weights so that I'll be stronger so I won't get pushed around. Mm-hmm. For softball, I guess, for you. I'm just used <laughs> to saying everything for basketball. <laughs> right, you're good. I got you. But, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me. So today on the episode, we talked about mental battles that athletes face and people face in general involving both high school and college athletics, the trap of perfectionism and the effects of anxiety and other mental struggles that people face in um, relation to sports, the pressure that you face from people to be perfect and losing love for the sport and having to deal with the adjustment of that, that life transition. Can I add one thing? Yep. I was just going to say, um, it does get better though. After you step back, it, it does. It takes a minute, but it gets better, especially if you have good people like for me. Um, when I, when I initially stepped back, I had some friends that helped me through it. And, um, this year now I have Grace as my roommate and like one of my best friends and she's also helped me because you don't get over it just like that. It takes a minute. Like it might take you a year or two mm-hmm. um, or it might take you a day. Shoot, I don't know. It's like a breakup. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Shoot, I don't know about that either. I don't but. know about the day. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it gets better. Just just stay in it and uh, don't be afraid to reach out for help. Really, it's, it's no shame. Um, that, I mean, even for me, it was hard for me to reach out for help, but mm-hmm. I essentially learned that it's okay. You you are not alone. I know we've heard that like mm-hmm. millions of times. Like, you are not alone. <laughs> You're really not. Mm-hmm. So, um, but definitely, it's yeah. difficult to rely on other people when yeah. you're so used to just doing things on your own. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Once again, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah. And thank you everyone for listening to this episode of the Live with Grace podcast. And. Stay tuned for the next episode.